0: Our panel discussion is on how to get involved, opportunities for collaboration and action for the people, private, public sectors. Our speakers will first make their individual presentations and it will be followed by a question and answer segment. A gentle reminder to please submit your questions online by scanning the QR code at the back of your event badge you can start sending your questions as soon as the Q&A begins. The moderator for this panel is Dr. Justin Lee, Senior Research Fellow and Head of Policy Lab at the Institute of Policy Studies. He will open this session and introduce our speakers. Dr. Lee, please. Thank you and welcome back everybody. I have the pleasure of having Suin with us here. She's the Senior Director of Grants of TOAD Board and Harvey Nyo, he's a senior fellow at the Lee Kuan Yew Center for Innovative Cities. Um, Suyin describes herself disparagingly as a bean counter, but I've been uh, LinkedIn stalking you. So she's a very high-level bean counter. She's formerly the CEO of Law Society and also the COO of uh, Attorney General Chambers. And now she's going to bean count the social impact that Harvey and I have to deliver for her. Harvey, of course, is an old friend and... Uh, I basically met him at the NUS Arts Canteen, eating. <laughs> now he's the, he leads the Cities Cluster Research, and he's done the future of Asian cities. And now, you know, having looked at the future of Asian cities, look at the future of Singapore cities, perhaps. Um, without much further ado, can I pass the mic to Suyin to tell us the origin stories of this?
1: Thanks, Justin. And so nice to see everyone here today. So many good friends here. I think the last time some of us met it was probably in a similar setting, sometime in October, November last year. Really, I'm um, I mean, so glad that you're here today sharing the same views as us, wanting to be make Singapore more future ready. Really, pro- um, Topopot provides about 500 million worth of grants a year to various causes to support a caring and resilient Singapore. Well, we continue to support a broad base of causes, including social services, health, sports, arts, community resilience, and sustainability. But in an era of scarce resources, we recognise the importance of capability and capacity building to future-proof our communities. For instance, fundraising is a key challenge that many charities like you face, and not all charities have the capabilities and capacity to raise funds. To spur charities to raise more funds, Toadboard has an Enhanced Fundraising, or EFR, programme, where we provide a matching grant for funds raised by charities from the community. In 2023, About 90% of charities reported that they were able to raise more donations from the community due to EFR matching, as donors were often more willing to donate due to the matching funding from Toadboard and the government. And based on data from NVPC's Giving.SG platform, an average EFR campaign raised about three times more donations, and the average donor donates about two times more, compared to a non-EFR supported campaign. And so we are glad that Toadboard has managed to play a small role to encourage giving in Singapore. We all play a part to ensure that Singapore continues to be a great place to live, work and play in. And a future-ready society is one of our priorities to ensure a sustainable and livable home. And this is aligned to Toadboard's vision to create a caring and resilient Singapore. While Toadboard's core role continues to support social interventions for our current challenges to resolve day-to-day issues, we believe it's important that we look to the future to continually ask ourselves how we can better prepare the larger social ecosystem for challenges would lie ahead. We've been doing future-proof work in our community since 2008, through building capabilities and capacity of the nonprofit sector. For instance, we have funded nonprofits to build organizational um, capabilities and enable charities' digital transformation. In DPM's May Day rally, he shared how Singapore has previously overcome challenges as long as we stay united. And I'll hold the same can-do, never-say-die spirit, and daring gumption. And this is very much aligned to what we believe in Tobort, and we see the key to building a future-ready society as preparing the social ecosystem for future disruptions. We need to work together to create a future-ready Singapore through a strong social compact where the community cares for each other, and the resilience to withstand challenges, recover and emerge stronger. During the COVID-19 pandemic, it was heartening to see many Singaporeans stepping forward to help others in need, a testimony to the latent social compact and resilience which many of us have within. And many of you here today are involved in building this shared solidarity. Together, we will continue to hold space and create opportunities for the different parts of our community to step forward and help one another. However, collaboration is an important community asset which we cannot take for granted. We need to continue building this collaborative muscle together through intentional people, public and private, or 3P, partnerships. The Future Ready Society Impact Fund and Knowledge Partnership launched today will allow us to do more to facilitate intentional 3P partnerships. None of us have a monopoly over knowledge. The more we collaborate and share knowledge, the stronger our community resilience will be. First, the Knowledge Partnership will build a strong foundation for future-ready social ecosystem. With knowledge of what the trends mean for Singapore society and our community, we'll be better able to plan collectively and proactively, even as we brace for for future challenges. Thereafter, we then want to act upon this knowledge through action-oriented pilots. Through our impact fund, Tobot will support proof-of-concept studies for potential solutions. Pilots are important because they allow us to test solutions, tools and frameworks that will otherwise be tested for the first time only during crisis. We foresee that some of these projects may challenge current social norms and assumptions. Our hope is that they will seed alternate solutions today to prepare Singapore for future challenges. We cannot assume that the same formula that brought us success in the past will guarantee us success in the future, and all of us need to continue to innovate and be open to pilot novel solutions, make mistakes in a safe space even, and iterate to make things better. Tobot is grateful to be the convener to bring together IPS and LKYCIC to forerunners in the future space. It has been a privilege and honor to collaborate on this Knowledge Partnership and Impact Fund to strengthen the future readiness and resilience of Singapore. For the Knowledge Partnership, LKYCIC will lead in sharing the findings in the wider community, and for the Impact Fund, IPS will lead to bring community players together to co-own and co-develop novel solutions anticipated problems. With that, I'm pleased to pass on the time to Harvey, who will share on the focal areas and objectives of the futures research, and Justin, who will share on some of the potential projects in the pipeline. Thank you.
2: Uh, thank you, Suin. Thank you for your kind words. Uh, Suin gave a clear overview of why we, talk about LKYCIC and IPS, are doing what we are doing. Uh, f- for my uh, section, I will focus specifically on uh, the knowledge partnership on future readiness. So, we all think of the future, right, but not necessarily in the same ways, nor to the same degree of seriousness. Many of us would, at some point, think of the future in somewhat fatalistic ways. Uh, like what Doris Day sings in the song, Say K, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. This suggests a arguably defeatist attitude in facing our future, but such a come what me thinking is not without some rational basis. Again, to quote from Doris Day, the rational explanation behind such fatalism is really the future is not ours to see, right? But with due apologies to Doris Day, we can see the future by not quite completely and of course we are unable to corroborate on the veracity of our vision of the future unless that future point arises. So we can see there is a little bit of problem with future research and future thinking. It is not proven until it actually comes. But that has not shied Singapore away from planning for the future. Uh, as uh, I think there's a quote there, Singapore has never enjoyed the luxury of uh, uh, not planning for the future. That was said by uh, former head of civil service Peter Ong. So, um, we are able to plan for the future in part because we are confident or rather we are fairly confident of the known knowns. There are some things that we think will very likely happen in the future, so we plan around those kinds of scenarios. Um, but uh, for our uh, research, right, we want to think of planning for future not just as a reactive uh, a response to a likely future because it is also about molding people to be resilient, to face some of the unknowns, not the known-knowns, the unknowns that, that we haven't really quite anticipated. But if we do have a resilient community, whatever that comes, we are able to uh, surmount it. Um, and finally, planning for future is not just about you know responding to knowns or unknowns or scenarios. It is also thinking about the kinds of ideal future that we want and actively work towards it. So there's a, there's a a, desired, a shared, shared desired goal in there. Um, uh, there are quite a bit of challenges I, I kind of alluded to earlier. But um, preparing to face the knowns is already quite challenging. Uh, and if you are thinking of a future that may be hit by things that we do not know yet, that's doubly challenging. I think in the uh, dialogue, uh, SM Tama mentioned this as well. Um, so, so that aside, that's challenging. The other challenging bit is when I say that we can work towards a desired future, that needs to be a conversation, there needs to be some kind of consensus about what kind of Singapore in the future citizens would like to see. So that involves a little bit of discussion and dialogue. Um, So, aside from this, future-ready research or future-ready efforts, right, also face fairly tangible barriers. Fiscal barriers because it is not easy to convince, especially I guess, the government or indeed any agencies to put money into something that we claim will help in an event that has not yet quite happened. So you, you can see it's, it's quite a hard sell, but which is why we are so grateful that we have the help of uh, ToteBot to support this. A fairly innovative approach to become resilient uh, future society and of course with IPS help as well Um, we, in order to uh, resolve those challenges that I just mentioned we we really need to be for, for sure forward thinking we need to be very innovative in the kinds of research question or the research that we pursue we need especially evidence based solutioning testing out piloting of the solution, and we really need to make sure that we have a rigorous process such that the solution can be tested and can be uh, improved day by day, year by year. Which is why uh, the, the knowledge partnership as a framework is very suitable to approach Future Ready as a theme. Now I cannot see the words because it's so small. <laughs> I need my glasses. <sighs> So, well, I I think I can remember. So, uh, knowledge partnership model really uh, contributes to uh, a very actionable research and experimentation and solutioning. This segment, I think uh, uh, Justin will follow up on, Um, and it's uh, uh, responsible to the partnership mission. So, the three entities that, that, that we are representing here, we share a common vision and we share a common goal. Um, and there is autonomy autonomy to experiment. This is, I suppose, very important because we need to be a little bit different in our approach. And uh, a constant injection of new ideas and collaboration and collaborators, which is why we are here today to seek interest and and to ask people to join us in this journey. I will quickly run through this, but really this is just an extension of what I just said about the positive aspect of a knowledge partnership and the scope of which is not seen in a typical uh, research grant or research project. Uh, Maybe I will highlight the the last bit, which is solutioning. So under a research uh, knowledge partnership framework, We are able to actually test out some of the solutions that we, in the process of researching this issue, have come up with and to be able to implement the solution. And not just implement, to have the time and enough runway to fine-tune the solution so that we can actually make it work. So, for, for instance, w- w- I can give you an illustration of the future kind, uh, future research that we are thinking of, and this uh, is uh, relating to our first theme on the future of resilient families and empowered communities. So, one of the uh, uh, issues that we know for sure that is going to happen in the future society in Singapore is that the family structure will become more diverse, and there will be uh, uh, more potential stress points Uh including cross-marriages, uh, uh, perhaps even some kind of religious uh, tensions. So, so this all uh, may prove to be a, a challenge. So we want to navigate uh, this likely scenario in the future and to see what will happen. Uh, and indeed, we identify tensions in other non-traditional areas as well, which is why our research for this theme uh, looks at um, the impact the likely impact of mass—it's uh, not evi- eviction, mass relocation. I wanted to say eviction. It's not eviction, mass relocation of public housing, because this is a known known. In time to come, uh, 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 large tracts of of HDB uh, housing and uh, landscapes will be reaching 99 years lease, full lease at the same time. So we are really looking at a problem or issue that will happen, except we do not know what are the implications and impacts or indeed if there are any impacts and implications of this, uh, rather uh, never before seen in Singapore uh, a scenario. So we, we want to look at this uh, future-oriented problem and to find solutions for it. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Avi. Um, I've been asked to talk about the projects part and the uh, The question I keep getting is, what are the projects that that will be supported? And basically the answer is the projects that you suggest, right? We have projects in the pipeline, but we will support uh, the ideas that you might have that we think are future-ready or innovative. So uh, let me start by saying a bit about Policy Lab. Policy Lab in IPS is a new unit. We're less than two years old something like a policy innovation lab and the good thing about calling yourself a lab is that you get to test and experiment and fail suddenly the red flags come already fail <laughs> Just saying you know must see some success lah. Um, so basically we review the existing evidence curate new ideas and we co-design solutions with relevant communities and then we test them uh, we like to adopt different approaches so we've done stuff that use the small group as the unit of transformation towards those that rely on mass citizen participation. And I particularly like solutions that sneak in a seed of systemic change. Um, So the projects we have in the pipeline, these are things that we've been cooking and co-creating and engaging. But of course, whatever ideas that our partners have, we will consider them. The first is uh, an inclusive business incubator. And this the origins of this idea is basically stems from uh, asking two what if questions. In Singapore, we have a lot of uh, deep tech startups. We have incubation and accelerators. What if we applied a portion of the amount of resources that we invest in young innovators towards disadvantaged communities that find it difficult to get a job? People with disabilities, single parents, sex offenders. And the second what if is what if we considered that they could be business owners rather than just equip them to get a job in the open market. So these two what-ifs led us to this idea, Um, and it's quite complicated. It requires not just your typical incubation, your business modelling, but your social design, because if a single mom's going to come for your venture-building process, maybe they need child-minding services, maybe they need to be matched up with others of complementary uh, uh, skills, and maybe you need some kind of non-extractive financing Right, uh, We went to Baltimore and studied this really interesting model whereby there's a line of credit extended to worker co-ops and the financer doesn't take any payback until the company is profitable. So that's great. I mean, we're considering all this, but it's so complicated that we want applicants to apply to become an action fellow to lead and design and co-create and engage so that we can determine the feasibility and viability of this business incubator. Um, This one also quite complicated. The idea is actually quite simple. It starts from the premise that, you know, we talk about 3P partnerships, it's just like no P in a different sense. No permission, no philanthropists, and no professionals required. If you see a low-income family in your neighbourhood, you can mobilise five to seven uh, families to give, to give directly to this family, to top up the income to a minimum level required provide some financial stability, and if you like, you can tag on a kind of informal circle of support, understand the family's ad hoc needs as well as longer-term goals, and then a group of five to seven other families that have adopted this family will provide that ad hoc support. It's complicated because sometimes Singaporeans are very irritating, right, you want to give money but you cannot spend on cigarettes, cannot do this, do that, and then people ask questions like, you know, how do you check whether the family really has needs? So we thought about all this, but it's so complicated that we feel we need an Action Fellow to come for one whole year. Uh, well, we have a runway of a year to try it out a little bit, but actually to, to start this, um, if possible. The, the third idea is participatory budgeting and citizen design, and um, uh, Senior Minister Thaman talked about social mixing in our neighbourhoods, and this, I think, is a perfect example of how uh, a neighbourhood can come together Right, different communities and different ideas. So use public funding to decide on you know, what amenities, what facilities, what things you want to fund. For example, maybe just some seniors congregate somewhere and they just want some public benches there or some kids want to study and they need Wi-Fi in the void decks or some sustainability conscious people want to set up a food forest. And we also understand the complex operating context of town councils and grassroots. So we will. We are hoping to make it easy for them, right? The, the question is, uh, if you do this, will the citizens argue with one another? You know, what if they fight? And you know, will they be very unhappy if their ideas don't get selected? And our proposal is that, of course, we're not gonna make any promises that all your ideas are feasible. In fact, there are a lot of regulatory constraints. You wanna set up a food forest, what about foraging rights? What if NEA has concerns about birds and animals? So then we will provide that liaison, the soft, you know, not the hardware, but that soft approach to say we will work with the government agencies on the regulatory constraints that you have to work within. Do you have a workaround to that? And if you have, then the proposal goes to voting stage. If not, then you can call it quits. Uh, um, and so that's the idea of participatory budgeting. Uh, the last idea is a version of Citizens' Assembly. Um, my informal kind of subtitle to this is called Bringing Everyone Along, Even Those Who Don't Get Along, um, because this is uh, an approach towards getting people who have different opinions on a divided issue that Singaporeans face. Let's say, you know, should we give English tests to new citizens? Should we have women do national surveys? Should we get out of SAP schools? Whatever there will always be people who disagree one another. So we do a polling. We will find the opinion groups. Out of the opinion groups, we will deliberately form a smaller panel of people who disagree one another, people who are for or against and people who are sitting on the fence and then we will facilitate that with unique information, we will provide you, we will feed you the information, but you deliberate and arrive at the synthesis. The synthesis that your diverse group can arrive at goes out into mass polling again to see if mass consensus can be achieved. So that's that idea. Um, And uh, so the first two ideas were for families, resilient communities, the last two for citizen engagement, but of course we welcome all the other ideas, which is why the Action Fellowship, uh, you're welcome to apply for it. You will sit either, if the concept sits better in IPS or CIC, then you might be adjunct here or there, you have access to academic and research support. Uh, So we would like applicants for the inclusive business incubator as well as the Giving Circles, but in addition, applicants can propose their own project in an open category. Um, We also have events. So the theme for this year is resilient families and empowered communities. We have different panels and there's a conference in October. And that's it from me. Thank you. Um, Let's see if there are any questions from, if not no questions yet, then we'll... I'll ask Suyin to reflect on our partnership so far.
1: Well, thanks Justin for posing a, perhaps the, the easiest question. I think it's been um, a real delight, I mean, to work with IPS and LKI, CIC, because I think each of us, each of the three parties, we bring um, quite a different set of skill sets to the table. I think much like um, all our friends in the community, And really, I think where Tobol is coming from is that we want to try and empower. I think in in the past, we used to be very much demand-driven, complementing government funding. But I mean, as today's fund launch shows, I think we want to do more. I think the intent really is to try to see how we can be um, that integrated orchestrator to make our dollar um, come for more and really help um, where perhaps government, in the the stricter sense, cannot help. So, uh, we talked about pilots and whether or not there's um, the aversion to failure. I think as SM Daman um, brought up just now, I think, as Singaporeans, um, we are sometimes uh, a bit risk-averse as to, oh, if we have four pilots, four ideas, I must have four successes. Really, I think um, perhaps the journey is the process as well. I think really the partnership has shown. Um, we, have dwelt, we have been working with IPS, LKY, CSE for three years already. For those of you who have been on the journey with us, we've moved from looking at impact um, to looking at how we can um, do do good together and then now and going to a new space perhaps future ready and really it's um, not about not just about us I think it's about all all of you here um, I think um, not we can't say yes to everyone but I think we're very keen to hear the ideas from the ground um, to really consider what we need to do um, to create that resiliency together
2: have uh, you any reflections Um it's, it's been a, a long journey and a very interesting and rewarding journey for all of us because the idea, the genesis of this all really began from nothing. I mean, so so we built everything, including the kinds of uh, relationship and uh, how to bring each of our strengths to the table. So it's a new experience for me. And I, I again, I have to thank... Um, IPS and as well as TOEBOT, of course, for uh, being part of this. Thank you. Thanks. My own reflection
0: is that when TOEBOT came to us and said, "Would you be interested in a threesome?" and I said, "Oh, my, you, you don't love us anymore. You need somebody new in, to inject some spice into the relationship." Then, of course, we got around to it very quickly because we realized, you know, the capacities that LKYCIC had. And then uh, it's really very complimentary. And so the kind of like how you be doing the research, identify trends and things looming over the horizon, opportunity areas, and then we would find the solutions and try to pilot on the ground with. Um, I've been reminded that actually a lot of the information that you might be curious about can be found on futurereadysociety.sg. It's all there, the, it's a newly minted website and you can log in, but maybe everyone log in now then crash, don't know sg. I think that's an alternate website. Don't know from who, by who.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anything else?
0: Oh, a question from um, Galvin Go of LKYCSE. One possible way to make the future society more resilient is to better include LGBTQ plus Singaporeans. Will this fund be addressing this?
2: Well, in in the context of likely stress points, this could be uh, one of the research we may consider doing. Um, But one thing that I haven't emphasised in my presentation is that we are also looking for research partnerships. Right, so, if you are coming from a, the medical field, the social service field, or I, I, indeed any any kind of engagement that in your line of work you have with communities, with people, with families, we are happy to hear uh, what are the kinds of questions you think will be uh, become significant in the future, and we can work along that and devise a research project to that uh, effect. So, so back to Galvin's question. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, if you ask me personally, uh, the, the stress points with family, as I shared in that one slide, could be from multiple sources. Um, LGBTQ rights and 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 the um, the, the very uh, uh, experience life lived experience of these people may become a issue. Um, and and this is something that we do have to uh, address if indeed is one of the known knowns that we think has a high high risk of occurring so this is my roundabout way of uh, uh, thing <laughs> answering to you that if through our cursory and our preliminary research and if there is a willing research partner coming forth with some concrete uh, 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 problems or issues they think might occur in the future, we will certainly look at this.
0: Um, Christopher, my colleague from IPS, is asking, how and who would someone with an idea apply to the Future Ready Society Impact Fund? Um, uh, Actually, if you go to the website, then if you're interested, if you want to propose an idea, there's an email you can send a short concept paper to and then we will look at the concept, we like it, we'll work with you to develop it into a full-fledged proposal. I think part of the thinking behind that is that uh, maybe your agency is small, uh, and to, sometimes the kind of stepping stone towards getting a grant is quite high, because you invest six months and you research and you write a proposal, and then if you don't get the grant, then you have wasted. not say wasted, I mean you've, you've learned and you failed and you grew more resilient. But then, cash flow problems. <laughs> so then, my salary gets paid whether I get a grant or not. So I will work with you, I will, and Harvey will work with you, do some background research, cook, scope the project, until the solution is strong. We might even broker partnerships with expertise that we feel will lend itself well to the concept. So we work on building strong ideas and concepts, and then it will be in a good place when it comes to securing the grant. Um,
1: anything you want to add? Well, I think I think they're the good questions. I think really the mechanics we have to see, and I think um, whether am whether it's LGBTQ or other projects, I think we, the, the partners will consider. I think it's a as a uh, as a funder, I think we are quite um, cognizant that many good ideas on the ground, and I think one thing that um, I think Justin picked up on is really um, the resources required to apply for a grant, and I think that's one perhaps of the barriers uh, that many have, so I think this will probably give a good opportunity for those of you who don't have resources, know people who don't have resources, to actually come up with something and possibly get funding. Um,
0: Another question is from A Good Space. Would a cooperative model be considered for this fund? There's great potential for citizen participation in self-organising through cooperatives. Um, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll share and then see if you want to weigh in. Actually, in the inclusive incubator concept, uh, if you're incubating or building ventures, uh, actually for a lot of these groups, a worker-owned cooperative might actually be an interesting model or niche because a worker-owned cooperative is a labor-managed firm. It, uh, the people who are the workers are the co-owners, and so that typically lends itself better to uh, more uh, profit sharing amongst everybody and to social mobility. So we're kind of interested in that. And so I think the, the cooperative model definitely is uh, somewhere in the radar. Uh, it depends on what you're using the cooperative for, The vehicle, if the vehicle is good for what. Um, but did any of you want to win?
2: Yeah. <clears throat> uh, uh, good that you raised this. Uh, this is to show the, the enriching uh, experience of a partnership because this was raised amongst ourselves internally and I have, uh, uh, I can share that I have reservations about this only because cooperative is not a r- really a new kind of idea. So my sense is that unless you can show that the cooperative model that you're talking about hasn't been tried in that kind of format, that kind of understanding, then it may not fit into the remit of this uh, 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 entire grant. Um, so that—that's my position on this, and we each kind of we met each other halfway to to, de- to agree that well, it depends on how you actually frame this uh, alleged uh, cooperative you are thinking of.
0: Um. Meiping from Baha'i Community has asked this, how can projects explore empowering residents in neighborhoods or communities to collectively work towards addressing their needs rather than a top-down perceived solution? Do participatory budgeting, for example, uh, do, well, you can propose, I, I think there are tons of solutions which focus on citizen-led or community-led solutions. Um, uh, If you have an idea, suggest it, and we will work with you. I think uh, the, I don't know, we were talking about habits of the heart. And it seems the habits of the heart so far is, I I live in a kind of a HDB flat, and I find it very hard to connect with my neighbours, because it's awkward. It's like we've lost that ease and organicness of the kampong spirit when we move to high-rise. But I believe that the, for the new generation, a kind of facilitated kampong can work. For example, we've, we've been piloting something called the community circles. Community circles is basically, you know, you form a group of five to seven volunteers and providing support around a person at the center. And it's actually facilitated, which means if you ask me to be befriender, let's say Harvey's grown old and isolated, I go and befriend Harvey, I visit him once a month, He's so grateful. I even deliver food for him, right?
2: Mm, But then he
0: downloads all his problems to me, right? The one befriender, his social problems, his financial problems, his healthcare problems. I got to send him to the dentist. So I would, a befriender model is one, but the community model is where uh, I show up for one hour a month and there's a facilitator that assigns tasks. Oh, Harvey wants somebody to practice singing with him oh, I I have a church choir, I will practice singing with you. That reduces the, that's a facilitated combo, and it feels like I might participate in that rather than be the befriender, I feel. So there are all these interesting new models which allow the community to, You know, you don't have to be that heroic individual to lead and charge. You can be part of a group, and it's kind of ease you into the communal life of a neighborhood that I think we could play in.
1: Maybe I'll just add. I think, from, from a personal standpoint, actually, the answer is out here in the community, and actually, there are quite a few initiatives. Really, that community-led, the answers are actually out there. There's some that have worked better than others. I won't name specifics, but I think the Tobot team actually went out recently, and we saw a certain FSC that really had, had the community getting together, cooking for a rental block within their vicinity, and there are many other ideas. I think the question sometimes is about scalability question is about the readiness, the timing, and so forth, and sustainability of funding. So I think the answers actually are out there. I think our role in in the fund is whether or not we can try and – well, mainstream perhaps is a a difficult word to use, but really through some of the pilots to see how we can scale up some of these efforts. There's plenty of good work that's going out there that many of you are already doing. So I think we want to hear from you as well, if it's a matter of scale and so forth. Um, Yeah, so I think apply to us, I think the four examples that um, Justin raised were examples. We are open to other projects. There will be other things that we support. Yeah. So I really, the, the answers I think are in the room.
2: Thank you for raising this uh, uh, question and this issue. So it it helps me. It lends me to uh, share with you how we might think of a future research or future problem. This is a very good example of one. Why do we think this will be a future problem? Because it is a present problem and it was a past problem as well. We've been talking about it for the longest time and we have not quite solved it so it stands to reason that in the near future we will still be facing this problem. What Justin suggested was something that's never tried before uh, in trying to uh, uh, glue the community to, together. So previously we are just relying on the goodness of the heart that to say that this is the right thing to do, this is for da-da-da-da-da-da. What he's suggesting is to kind of mix personal material gain with a sense of uh, a spirit and a sense of giving as well. And I think uh, maybe this is what we need, you know, uh, who knows. So that would be a, a, a good example of a different kind of solutioning that mm, have been tried in other places to some extent, but not really quite done in Singapore.
0: Wendy from MOF um, is saying the ideas are worth exploring while the team is exploring the intervention. There could be other forms of support from government and the community. Uh, I guess she's saying that, uh, uh, that we would be open to support and partnerships with the community. And then she says, how do we know the idea works? I guess the whole point is doing the experiment and then if I fail, then Sui knows, oh, it doesn't work. <laughs> no, but even failures give some lessons. Of course, I don't think, actually, we've rolled out our best bet. These are ideas that we've considered many ideas. These are ones that we really like.
2: There are different degrees of failure. There is an outright failure, and I think if it's an outright failure, it's a failure on our part not to actually anticipate that and still go on with it. So that would be, to my mind, unacceptable. But then beyond that, there are various degradations of failure. um, And those are the failures that we can work upon and actually try to improve. If we do still believe that, well, this can work, we just need to uh, tweak certain things. So a a knowledge partnership uh, gives us a longer runway. To continue to experiment, I, I, I say give it uh, 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 two or three iterations of the solutioning, fine-tuning. Uh, we won't do it infinitely, <laughs> in an infinite runway, but we will do it a couple of times until we are sure that, okay, this is the solution and this is the impact as good as it gets. Are we happy with the results?
0: Mary Abdo from Centre for Evidence and Implementation has asked, how are you thinking about baking scalability into the intervention design to make sure that what works can be sustained? I'll take a step at this and then see if uh, yeah, you want to add on to I think the question of scalability depends on the concept. For example, a s- concept like a business incubator, it, uh, you'd have to think about the questions of who's doing the financing, uh, and should this be, for example, a venture builder parked in an IHL? Should this be a for-profit? Should this be a non-profit? Uh, so then scalability de- uh, depends, right, on, on that. But for a concept like giving circles, I think for giving circles, scalability probably means that we have to have an exit to community strategy. Of course, you can form a non-profit and you can you know, get grant funding and get people to run it. But actually, even if you do that, the success to me of giving circles is just people coming together to help those uh, in need. And you know, it'd be great if Amokyo said, "You know, we are so good. There's no poverty in Amokyo, But look at all these Clementi guys; they're not helpful, right? Then there's this competition <laughs> between neighborhoods to eliminate poverty in their own backyard. That should be an exit to community strategy. If If the community is ready to take it on, then you don't have to have a professional or a philanthropist or permission to run this.
1: Um, Maybe I'll just chime in. Um, Actually, a lot of the work that Tobot does, a lot of the funding that we do is with the view to mainstreaming, uh, if it's not really mainstream. Um, Actually, so the primary purpose of this one is not really that. It's slightly different. Of course, if things can be mainstreamed, then it's great. But if it can't, then I think um, the whole idea about getting community-led resilience type things is really to get community to take over. So we hope that this will just be the spark that causes more, um, encourages more initiatives to start up like this, and then eventually get community run. And hopefully, we don't need to intervene um, going forward once there's that critical mass. Yeah.
2: And, and I guess I will be contrarian again here, that I don't think scalability as an idea is necessarily good in all contexts. Or nor is it applicable to all kinds of issues and solutions that we are talking about. Uh, th- there are some s- problems uh, whose solutioning may be best targeted at a very localised level and not necessarily being able to scale up to any other places or to more people, so to speak. The, the, my At least my personal opinion is that um, as long as this solution is functional, it can self-survive uh, moving forward. We leave it alone. It means that they have solved the problem within their small local context. But that's already a good achievement. You know, It's better than no solution at the local context. So I, I think, I mean, I, I speak as a, a geographer, we are very interested in scales, but I'm also very critical of uh, this s- somehow inherent bias or inherent liking towards anything that's scalable. Um, Sometimes when you scale up right, it, it doesn't feel right anymore.
0: Thanks, Avi. There are three separate people who asked this, so we have no choice but to address the difficult question of is there any evaluation criteria for this grant? How will the ideas be assessed? Can you share more about the project evaluation criteria? I take the first step. The first step is, is your idea interesting or not in the first place? Because it, uh, I think if your idea is interesting, then there'll be attention to it. I mean, the way that I look at a solution is, is the solution strong? Not, not because you. it happens to be a solution that you're good at. Is the solution strong? Is it interesting? Is it new? Does it add to future readiness? Uh, then... If the solution is interesting, that, that passes my first bar. It has to be interesting and new. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that all the work that we care about are innovations, because if there's a policy improvement that creates a mass social change at scale, of course we care about that. So there's, I don't think we've arrived at, okay, these are the sets of criteria, and this is you know, the rubrics of evaluation, how much we'll put into all that. There's a lot of, kind of thinking that goes behind it. Any, any?
1: Well, maybe I'll take take it from the, um, the government lens or the stat board lens. I think it's it it must not uh, overlap with existing programs or things or potential existing program potential programs. So really, it's, in, it's operating in white spaces or places where either government coming or corporates are not going in. So I think that would be one thing that we look at.
2: Yeah. So so I agree with uh, uh, Sui and, and Justin because of the potential scope of ideas and uh, both research ideas as well as test paying ideas. It, it, we are not so in favour of you know, listing the kinds of criteria that we are looking at. Uh, uh, Justin mentioned some, uh, Sui mentioned some. I will add on to say that uh, one of the other things that we are looking at is, are you identifying a problem that is uh, significant enough and that mm-hmm. will persist in the future? So that's one. And the other is, are you proposing a solution that hasn't really been tried in the form that you've described before. So this is a little bit like duplication point that Sui made. So these are some of the general uh, uh, points that we look at uh, when we see your submissions.
0: We have uh, one last question from Thomas Kwan of U3H, and he said, by 2030, about 25% of us will be aged 65 years and above. Would you think that funding be available for seniors to have productive connections and conversations? Short answer is sure, but the question is how interesting it it is. So you know you can can pitch, that's the idea, we want productive connections, but what kind of connections? And I would then, you know, I would look at interesting solutions and suggest... Maybe it's not just connections, but, you know, seniors. Actually, somebody was just asking me, this silver tsunami, is it worrying? It's worrying if you see seniors as a problem, but it's not so worrying if you see seniors as an asset. And a lot of our our, elder care programs have a recreational kind of dimension. Let's do bingo. Let's go gardens by the bay. But actually, seniors can do so much more. They can contribute positively to their community. They can do participatory budgeting. They can be volunteers for community circles. They enjoy giving circles. They do all sorts of things, and so we will look at each concept, and we will try to combine it with other parts until maybe it's really strong and interesting, and then we have something to play with. Yeah. Any?
1: From a personal standpoint, I think this the issue of um, aging, which will hit all of us, may not just be a matter of funding. Really, I mean, it's about stirring the heart. It's about the mindsets, the mindset towards aging and so forth. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't have an answer. I don't have a solution to
2: it. Yeah. Uh, this definitely fits into our first theme of resilient families and community, um, and it is a problem that everyone will face because, in time to come, everyone will be sixty-five. So don't don't be snug and like very secretly smiling to yourself if you're very young now. You mm-hmm. will reach sixty-five soon, <laughs> so it is our problem to share. I'll be your befriender
0: when you are there. <laughs> Maybe just to round we have about two minutes left. Uh, Final reflections from Harvey and Suyin?
2: Uh, No, I'm very excited to be part of this and I hope um, it it, it, it inspires people to think about the future, the kind of future that we want and the kinds of roadblocks that we can face and really actively take steps to uh, solve these roadblocks.
1: We're looking forward to seeing the proposals, really. I think there's no bad idea. It's just some, some right timing, um, right place, right time. So, yeah, looking forward.
0: Um, thank you, everyone. I'm very glad to be part of this threesome and look forward to partnerships beyond the threesome to all of you. Thank you very much.